Long wake, wondering if things could have been much different. Second chance. Hey, friends. Today's guest is Andy Jackson, lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist for the Auburn, Alabama rock band Hot Rod Circuit. Together, we break down the writing, recording, and inspiration behind the fan favorite song, The Pharmacist, taken from their 2002 album, Sorry About Tomorrow. Andy was very forthcoming with the inspiration behind the lyrics. I've been listening to this as a love song forever, and it wasn't until Andy told me the song's meaning that I fully understood the levity of these words. They're heavy, relatable, and heartbreaking all rolled into one. We discussed recording engineer Brian McTurnan and how Brian let the band be themselves, even going as far as letting Andy record his vocals alone, as Andy felt he could pull a better performance out of himself without others being around. And it paid off. The vocals are amazing, and the harmonies, well, for an analog recording, they are spot on. Oh, and Less Than Jake shares the same booking agent as Hot Rod Circuit, and Andy regaled a couple of funny stories about him. So for all this and a whole lot more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Andy, my man, how we doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. We were we were kind of talking uh, off the record here a second ago about the last time we saw each other, and has uh, it been almost 20 years? Probably around there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know we did that. Like the last actual tour or thing we did together was that Good Charlotte Honda Civic tour, Newfound Glory Honda Civic tour. Yeah, you got um, it. You got it. You, you guys did part, and then I want to say MXPX did another part. They uh, did something like that. Uh, we had a lot of fun with you guys after parties. Uh, I remember dance parties we had in your dressing room <laughs> quite a few times. Uh, I still talk about those. Uh, it was just fun because you guys would set up like a PA and you know disco ball and shit. It was just like no one else has ever done that. I always loved that. Yeah, we we had a really good time. You know, we had known the newfound guys forever. They were like our our baby band from Florida. Yeah. So you know, they they all of a sudden blew up, and them and Good Charlotte. And when we got asked to do that tour, it was it was really cool for us. You know, we had been a band for ten years, but you know, yeah. uh, How do you uh, how do you till the soil so so to speak? Get and get new fans. You got to get in front of new people, and this exactly. was a whole whole MTV audience. And that tour alone bought us probably another uh, five years. Uh, you know of, of having new fans yeah. come out it was it was really good likewise yeah i mean because you were playing in front of a totally different crowd you know than what we were used to for sure well for uh, everyone everyone listen you guys released your first record if i knew now what i knew then in september of 99 you were playing all over uh the new england area as well as tours with get up kids at the drive-in and jazz june your next record if it's cool with you it's cool with me came out in september of 2000 and i understand uh you guys are gonna be doing some northeast dates soon where you're gonna be playing that record uh, in its entirety with my producer, uh, Chris. Uh, Punchline's going to be joining you, and they'll be playing the whole action album, so that, that's really cool. That's, that is cool. I, I love those guys. Uh, they used to play shows with them all the time. They used to used to i guess is Corey still in the band uh yes i uh, yep. love that love that dude we uh, i have a weird memory of staying at his place and somebody spilling like wine or something on his carpet um and he was like really fucking nice about it like whereas i just <laughs> would have been totally pissed off 
Uh, but he was always a sweet dude. Love those guys. Well, I'm going to spill wine on his carpet next time I'm at his place. Yeah, See what exactly. Happens. Roll the <laughs> dice. Well, you know, it was around this time you guys were starting to make noise. And uh, fall, fall of 2001, you signed to Vagrant Records. And your third record, Sorry About Tomorrow, was released on March 12, 2002. And the song we're going to talk about today, The Pharmacist, was track number one on the 11-song album. And let me tell you how far I nerded out in this. Okay, I went down the rabbit hole of our uh, Honda Civic tour and uh on uh this would have been uh april 27th 2003 from uh loudonville new york at sienna college you guys played five songs i think you only got like 20 minutes to open right yeah yeah, it was kind of almost like we just hung out and played five songs (laughs) and hung out all day it's kind of weird. And the set list was uh, High Tech Lip Gloss. The Pharmacist was uh, was number wow. two in the set. Radiation Suit, Radio Song, and you uh, finished the set with a week warm. So that That's was set insane. List. You have the set list <laughs> for the show. That's crazy. <laughs> I had to go find it, but uh, just great great memories with you guys it was you know and and it was it was that particular uh uh, tour we were on that you guys were promoting this record sorry about tomorrow which was engineered and mixed by brian mcturnan Uh, his credits include hot water music senses fail Snapcase, uh a bunch of other great bands i gotta ask was this was this song with this record uh the pharmacist was it cut to pro tools or tape uh we recorded the whole record to tape Uh, whole thing to tape okay oh no tuning no beat detective it was all um tracked at his studio and then uh i know in the end it was dumped to pro tools for mixing but that's okay it. but it, he hadn't even really and he hadn't really gotten to pro tools yet it was his first i think it's the first record he dumped into pro tools to mix well i mean the choruses and the parts that repeat that doesn't sound copy and pasted however Ooh. Man, the harmonies are really locked here. I was trying to find spots where I'm like, it almost sounds in spots where it is copy and pasted. That's how how good some of the harmonies lined up on on these choruses. That's Jay Russell, man, my bass player. I I always kind of joke that he was my Richie Sambora. Like he just, I could sing something and he always just knows what to sing or make it better. I don't even know how to explain it. No, um, it's so good, and that's the only reason I asked. I'm like, mate, you know, were they flying vocals around? Maybe they recorded everything uh, analog to tape, but did they they do vocals and stuff in Pro Tools where they could start moving parts around? No, it, my vocal uh, track. I think that was my first time really getting on the engineering kind of producer side of things as well. Um, we had a lot more time to make the record. Uh, Brian was an old friend. He went to college with Mike, our drummer. They, they had history together. So, um, that's how we knew him in the first place. He was someone that every time we went through DC, we'd stay at his house with his family and stuff like that. But funny enough, and uh, you've probably heard these stories about Brian McTurney. When we got there, he kind of like, I don't want you drinking milk. I don't want you smoking pot. I don't want you doing this. You know, all <laughs> I never, like, uh, I never heard, I never heard any of that. Oh, what? you never heard these? Oh man, there's some wild ones. Um, that wouldn't have worked well with my band. No, it, it wouldn't have. <laughs> and it was like you know, hot water recorded with him too, so there was some uh, issues there. Um, but so I tried his way. We really did, and we had a moment where I went into the studio to start tracking some vocals, and he was like. Um, I don't know what's going on, but you don't sound like you. And I was like, man, I was like, I don't, I don't mean to sound like, you know, like an asshole or dumb, but I was like, 
I smoke weed all the time. I was like, I write the songs. I perform that way. I was like, so if I'm not, I'm not in that state of mind or that comfortableness. And he was like, I've never said this in my entire life. Go smoke some weed. (laughs) And I came back in and it was like one take. He was like, okay. Um, And I was like, I have another suggestion too. I was like, I feel like I already have these songs worked out. I was like, why don't you guys go to a movie, go do that. I'll just stay in here and track on myself. You come back, check them out. So I ended up tracking all the vocals myself for the whole record. Wow. Uh, that way. He he liked it. He thought it was cool. He liked the vibe. Wasn't a whole lot changed. Um, so yeah, I tracked that by myself. He just set me up in the control room. That's wild from yeah. what I understand. And, and I've never met Brian. If I had, it was in passing years ago. But from the bands I've talked to, you know, he was basically an engineer and a mixer then. He didn't really produce. Now, his productions over the years, I mean, oh, he's yeah. just, he's gotten really, really good. He at really this has. time, At this time, he was still going to tape. It sounds like he was still letting the bands kind of be themselves. Hey, you're oh, gonna definitely. come in. He's he's not changing choruses and parts around, or really no. getting into the lyrics and the nuts and bolts. And he spent uh, so you know he came to a lot of shows. He spent time getting familiar with the songs before we ever even got there. He he knew every song we were going to be tracking. Had even like picked certain songs. So, but he, I, I would say for the most part, he just let us do our thing. Anything I brought in like at the time, you know, I had like two Marshall eight ten cabinets and like all this stuff, and he was like, "What the hell." Um, but anything we wanted to try, he was up for it, you know, and, and we ended up using those and a bunch of stuff, using a bunch of stuff that he'd never used before. What is it? Well, first of all, take us back. Do you remember writing the pharmacist? I do. I do. Um, yeah. it's, this is a weird one to, to request because it's, uh, it's, you know, obviously the one song that if you know, hot rod circuit, you know, this song, um, why is that? Why, why is this the one you guys got some great songs? I love this song. But yeah. You- I, oh, I think we have way, like way better songs. Like, that's probably one of my least favorite songs, but I, you know, I understand why people like it. Yeah. Um, it captured the essence of kind of everything that we sound like, I guess in one song possibly, because it had that little bit of pop punk, that little bit of the indie emo flavor we had going on. But I feel like we definitely had some, you know, way more obscure songs and mm-hmm. way more polished, you know, poppier songs that could have been bigger for sure. It was just a song that Rich from Vagrant was like, man, that song's it, you know? So when he uh-huh. said it, of course, we were like, whatever, you know, like, we're going to go with this. It was the first time somebody was going to push for us. Well, there was a, there, there's an honesty to this song. I'll talk about that uh, in a second one uh, yeah. to, to, to verse one. There's something honest about it. It's, it, it's pure. It doesn't sound manufactured. Um, it, it has elements, like you said, of all the all the styles. I think you guys have had. There's dissonant parts. Yeah, uh, you know, like in the second verse, you get into that that weird guitar that comes in, and yep. but it's it, but it, it, there's still had this pop shreen around it. At the same time, it wasn't recorded like a pop record. No, you not know, at all. it's it it still got uh, got a little a little rough edges around it. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, and the and the song like itself it's weird it's like it's one of those you know i I know you've been in a band for years and you have those moments where people are like man this this song really got me through my relationship or those kind of things and people relate it to a relationship with a girl it has nothing to do with a girl it's about one of my best friends um i won't say his name um just because he has passed and i don't want to i'm sorry to hear that yeah i don't want to put any bad juju out there you know if sure, you will but sure. i respect his family i still loved him and respected him but the gist of the storyline is that he was a buddy of mine i grew up with um he was probably the first person i knew that was just a true passionate music lover 
turned me on to all kind of bands. I mean, back then it would have been like his stuff was a lot of like the Ramones and the Hootie Girls and the Dead Milkman, stuff like that. So he turned me on to like more of the punk rock side of things and like Buffalo Tom, uh, Fudge, um, the Archers of Loaf. So he was definitely, I, I credit him to be, you know, he turned me on to the music that got me into the place I am, like where, where I think about music. And is this when you were in Auburn? Or, and are you still in Auburn? Uh, so I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been here okay. for about uh, 14 years now. But, okay, um, okay. So I was actually in Montgomery. This is in Montgomery, Alabama uh, at the time, uh, a little below Auburn, uh, about 45 minutes. And he was just my bud. We play, ended up playing in bands together as kids. And then you know, Hot Rod becomes a band, moves away. Um, our friendship kind of, you know, dissolved as you do as you get older. Uh, he went off to college, worked at a radio station. Um, and to key the pharmacist, uh, his job, he worked for a pharmacy and he delivered at, he delivered the drugs. And he had a problem where he was stealing some of them, you know, at one point. So that was uh, kind of like a, a, a name we called him, <laughs> if you will. Right, right. Um, Later on in life, he hit me up and was like, man, I see you're doing this stuff with your band. I've always wanted to get out on the road. Um, so we hired him to come out on the road. And he went out, did a good job, and then we ended up staying with some people in Virginia. And uh, this is family that they they had like a bunch of girls. It was kind of kind of weird, honestly, because it was like this mom would come and all of her daughters would just say, we want you guys to come stay at our house. Yeah, you a bunch like, of stinky a, dudes in a van. Like, Yeah, you want a bunch of rock men to come hang out with your daughters? You know, and yeah. they would like feed us and stuff. Sure. Well, I, I got a, um, a call about a day after we left, and she was like, hey, we're missing some medications. Oh. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my band. None of my band was into that kind of stuff at all. Yeah. So I knew, and nor, nor would they ever do anything like that. Sure. So we yeah. knew it wasn't them and confronted him. It ended up being him. Uh, sent him home. And that's why it gets a little sensitive to me. But he went home, went on a downhill and overdosed. So, um, right. so when you hear, you know, took the drugs from our friends, whatever were you thinking, you know, like all the, it's a very honest song. <laughs> so yeah. when you hear the honesty in it, it's, I mean, it's, it's a true story. It's not, a, wow, it's, well, not this, this, it's not fabricated. <laughs> This completely hits me different now. Um, yeah, and it will. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I mean, that's the beauty of lyrics and why I love doing this podcast so much. I've been, uh, I guess the word would be fooled so many times. I, I was certain yeah. I knew what a lyric was about or this was a love song. A lot of songs like this are disguised yeah. as love songs. And then Every, you, find yeah. what, you find out what they're about and just I, I'm just like tripped out by it. Like I got goosebumps right now just from your description and oh, I can't wait- awesome. I can't wait to uh, to get in these lyrics. Yeah, man, do it. The song is uh, uh, two minutes and thirty seven seconds. The pharmacist, right off the top. Who needs an intro, Andy? We don't yeah. need a stinking intro. No. <laughs> uh, a sing a single guitar is riffing on some chords straight up the middle of the mix, along with the lead vocal. And um, this is the first thing I wrote in my notes. Really, this part sounds super honest. It's just a dude with one guitar, one voice. That's, that's it. <laughs> You're singing and. 
You know, I'd like to make a case, even though it's the same chord progression. I'm going to read it all as a verse. Okay. But when we get, when we get to the line, stayed in touch, stood behind, uh, those those lyrics there, they repeat again in uh, in verse two. So it's almost like a pre-chorus, but it's, yeah. it's really it's really interesting. I'm going to consider it all a verse here. Wondering if things could have been much different. Second chance, what's become of a friendship? If you can call this one, stayed in touch, stood behind. Well, I gave you space and you invade mine. Well, everyone lie awake wondering if things could have been much different. Second chance, what's become of a friendship? If you can call this one. And here's the part I was referencing. Stayed in touch, stood behind while I gave you space and you invade mine. Well, yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, stayed in touch, stood behind. You know, it's like uh, our friendship. I always honored it, cherished it, no matter what he was going through. It was always there for him. I gave you space and you invade mine. I gave him time to get through his stuff and then gave him an opportunity to come out and do something that he wanted to do. And, you know, with that opportunity, he, you know, destroyed it basically. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's very straightforward, which is it, listening and hearing you read it and like trying to break it down like this. I've never really done that. So saying it like that, it's, this is probably one of the most direct songs I've ever written, uh, which is kind of weird. Cause I feel like a lot of stuff I do has a vagueness to it, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, but like it's very cut and dry. Like it's kind of weird here. Well, you. it it <laughs> yeah. is it is cut and dry having you explain it. But again, yeah. when we get to the, when we get to the chorus, I mean, this reads like it could be a love song. Like you were hurt. Yeah, it, no, it does. It does because I was hurt, and it was a value a valued friendship. Somebody I cared about and loved. You know. Absolutely. Well, uh, chorus one hits right off this verse. 19 seconds. We're already at chorus one. Drums, bass, and stereo guitars hit hard right on the downbeat with the vocals. And I got, is that another guitar in the center playing a little three-noter counter melody? Is that an overdub? Yes, it's an overdub. Yeah, I was starting to think about it as you said it. Yeah, yeah, it is a little overdub. It sounds like it. It's 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 maybe just uh, panned a little left to center, uh, and the drums start the chorus halftime for the first two bars. I love this one, by the way, how you're breaking this down. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I I always tell the guests I do all the I do all the heavy yeah. lifting. You, you just gotta you just gotta talk about what you remember. Which I'm fascinated. People remember what they do. This is going back 20 years. So no, it is. It is good for you. Uh, there is a harmony on every line here, and uh, the lyrics are: Everyone makes mistakes. You let me down for the last time. Truth prevails, and there's nothing you can hide. And I wash my hands of you getting on with my life. I'm getting on with my life. I'm getting on with my life. Uh, on the first getting on with my life, the drums go halftime for two bars leading into what I'm calling post-chorus one. And that's the I'm getting on with my life part. And I'll get to those in a second. But what's going on here lyrically? So it's uh, you'll wash my hands of you getting on with my life. It's just talking about how, you know, you've 
you've given someone this opportunity, you've given them this time, um, this trust, and they've broken it time and time again. And it's, it's time to move on and, and cut ties with that person. It's, it's funny to kind of say that every time I hear the word cut ties, I think of this, uh, you're, I know you're familiar with Andrew Ellis, our agent. Oh. Was, <laughs> He's our agent. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. Uh, w- one time we were in, uh, in and I, I'm sure you know, me and Ellis are very, very, we're very close. Like a lot oh, of yeah. people like call him like my dad. Uh, but we we went on this long car ride from San Francisco to San Diego. We stayed with some friends of his. You were we, trapped in a car with Ellis from, from San Francisco to dude, San Diego? I've done some weird <laughs> stuff with Ellis. Uh, yeah, he called me one time and was like, hey, I'm flying to, this was years ago. He called, he's like, I'm flying to Birmingham. And he's like, can you come pick me up? He wanted me to drive him to Jackson, Mississippi. I drove him to this pizza place to see Anna Thalo and, uh, oh my God, who did we go see the other night? Manchester Orchestra. Okay. Um, 30 people in a pizza place. That's who was there. And that's when he picked them up. So I've, I've been with him through a lot of stuff, but we, what I was talking about is we were on this drive trapped for yes, that many hours with Ellis. <laughs> and, uh, he's like over in his phone the whole time, just like scrolling through it and deleting stuff. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, uh, you know, every once in a while, I just go through my contacts and just delete people. I don't want to talk to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you just got to clean it out. He's like, I don't want to deal with that person anymore. There's no sense in having their number. And I was just like, I've never heard anyone think that way or act that way. He had a lot of hours to eliminate stress between uh, SF (laughs) and San Diego. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Again, I want to talk about these harmonies. They're great. And when I go sorry to get off topic, I do that. I'm ADHD. That's not that's not off topic at all. It's very very pertinent to this story. It really is. But uh, the harmonies are great here. I can. Paired them, I A beat them to the other choruses, and they're tight. Awesome. They 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 sound really good. Again, the drums go halftime for two bars, leading into the post-chorus one. I'm calling it, and that's just those two lines I'm getting on in my life. But the reason uh, I separated that from the chorus, this whole part changes the whole oh, yeah. color here and everything. The vocal yeah. harmonies, the vocal harmonies and note choices here are killer. Life awesome. both t- both times is really held out. You're doing mm-hmm. these wa- wavy like harmonies. The drums get a bit subtle here with a closed hi-hat. This part to me serves as a come down to gently yep. ease us back into verse two uh, because it's just, you know, the, the, when the chorus hits, it's just so big. Yeah. Uh, this, this part kind of settles us back down. The bass guitar is great here and there's a clean arpeggiated guitar uh, right up the center uh, in this post-chorus part before we get to verse two. Do you remember how this came about? It's, it, that's a really interesting come down there. It only happens once in the song. Yeah, Hot Rod was really weird about doing some stuff like that. Um, even because recently, like going back, learning some of these songs for the... Dude, some of these songs I haven't played and I couldn't tell you how long. I, dude, I don't even know what I fucking played, you know? Like, well, it's have so to, weird. Like, you go do back one headphone to hear my guitar over Casey's kind of thing. A lot of times I go back and I'm like, I can't believe we wrote that bridge. Like, we, we cut it right there. Like, what were we thinking? It's like, yeah. well, that's how the fans know it. You got to play it like that. Well, I've noticed um, we had a lot of one parts or 
like a two bar part that like when I hear it, I'm like, God, that could have just been a great song, you know, but it was like, <laughs> we just played it for three seconds, you know? Um, but I, I feel like we did that a lot. Like now that I like going back and listening to a lot of stuff. You know what? I've, I've often thought about, do I want to waste this killer part on just a bridge yeah. for, for 16 bars? And at the end yeah. of the day, we've had songs where the bridge is the pinnacle. It is the best yeah, part of the exactly. song. And it makes people want to rewind it and, and, and re-listen to it again. Oh, I'm so, a huge bridge guy. Like that's one of my favorite things. So, oh yeah, well, uh, one of my yeah. favorite parts of of this song is the bridge we're going to get to uh, here in a little bit. But uh, again, verse two is is killer. Um, we get right into it right out of this post chorus, and the drums, bass, and the single guitar panned slight left is playing single note little riffs, and also sounds like either another guitar Andy is feeding back, or if I'm hearing that off the main guitar, I was just talking about that riff, like like the gains on a pedal is too hot. I'm hearing some feedback in here. Yeah, so Casey loved to do some like underlined feedback tracks a lot of times. Um, he would do a lot of stuff like that. I mean, it would just be him with like some pedals, literally with his guitar up against the cab, just making these like ominous tones and then just kind of bury that under stuff. Um, we did, he did that a lot actually. That might've been what's there then. I might be hearing two things. I, again, I didn't know if it's like when you would stop playing a note and the guitar would just like hold for a second, you get a squeal out of that pedal, you know? And I, and we do, um, you know, we are playing, uh, most of that, that whole records in drop D, which is Mm kind of weird when you hear our, you don't think of our music as a drop D kind of band. Right. Um, but the way we play it and do it, it just gives you that extra low end on the, on the top. So sometimes you're getting a little bit, um, well, and also a weird thing about me is, uh, when I was a child, I crushed the bone in my finger. Uh Um, that joint doesn't bend. It's, it's straight. That's your middle finger on your left hand. Yeah, exactly. So I, at a point I was told I'd never play guitar again. And that's when I started tuning to the D style, which in turn, I play a lot of like, like a C chord. I don't really play standard G. I don't play standard. It has a lot of open notes uh-huh. to it. And I think that's where a lot of people, when they try to like cover hot rod songs, it never really sounds right. Cause there's a lot of janky notes in there. If you will, it's just kind of making it uh, ambient kind of sounding. I had a buddy of mine was drinking, being stupid about 20 years ago, fell off a two-story roof, crushed his wrist. And, oh, man. And he had to relearn how to play guitar, and everything was drop D after that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, I know. That, that's, I mean, uh, that's I can horrible. play anything now. It's like after years of playing, but it's uh, for a long time that I really couldn't even use that finger. Want to call and catch up, but no matter what, I know you still suck from my friends whatever were you thinking stayed in touch stood behind while I gave you space and you made mine well everyone want to call and catch up but no matter what I know you still suck took the drugs from my friends whatever were you thinking Stayed in touch, stood behind while I gave you space, and you invade mine well. And again, I'll make a case that's kind of like a pre-chorus. It's, it is. It sets a chorus too perfectly. So yeah, what's happening here? What's that first line again? <laughs> Tell me the line to my own song. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta you gotta play this song soon, man. You're going on tour. Uh, Want to call and catch up? Catch up, yeah. So that's like hitting the part where it's like you know, like I said, we had a deep friendship. And I still to this day owe a lot of credit to my. Uh, the love I have for music to this guy. So I found myself often, you know, wanting to check up on him, um, wanting to see what he was up to, but I knew 
at this point in my life and everything I'd been through with him, um, I knew that it, you know, those ties had to be cut, you know, but I often thought about him. How many times do you want to bang your head against the wall? You love somebody, but you, you yeah. can't make them love themselves. There's nothing you can do. Um, you know, even going to the, his family is really supportive. I think a lot of, I think close people are, you know, they obviously knew, you know, who it was. Um, as even going to the funeral, it was kind of weird. There was like some outsider friends that were kind of like, I don't know, like maybe looking at me weird, thinking that like it was mean of me to write that song. Or, or maybe I was just in my head thinking that. Um, but I did have some weird moments when I was there. Um, but he is definitely somebody that like I, I found myself thinking about a lot, wondering if I made the right decision, did I make things worse? Because you start blaming yourself sometimes for things like that um, when, when you really care about people. Well, and sometimes the worst place you can take someone you care about that, that's, that's struggling with this kind of thing is on the road. This, I um, mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you we have we have one of the few jobs you can walk in and tell your coworker, hey, I need to smoke some weed, otherwise this is yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it's like you just walk <laughs> into the club and like, hey, we're looking for weed. And it's like five <laughs> dudes jump out, you know? So yeah, it's not where you need to be. Right, especially if he was going through what he was going through. Right, and that's where like the, I say some of the responsibility I feel. It was like, uh, you know, I took a chance, but at the same time, I feel like I should have known better. Hey, everybody, don't go anywhere. We got lots more with Andy Jackson coming right up after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week, I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. And now, back to the show. Here's one thing I gotta know. We get a double chorus here. However, there's one lyric difference. The very start of the chorus, everyone makes mistakes. That's the last time we hear that lyric. Yep. That's really interesting to me. I never thought about that. Yeah, it doesn't come in the second half of chorus two, and when we get to chorus three later, it's not there either on either time. Never even thought about that. Yeah. So, and and I'm wondering, it's interesting. It, it's almost like you're still forgiving him up to chorus two. Everyone makes mistakes, but in chorus yeah. three, it's like, no, nah, you let me down for the last time. I'm not giving yeah, you the mistake it. anymore. I've never thought about it that way, but I mean... I. Now that you say it that way, it does come across that way. Well, I never thought about it either until you told me what the song's about. What the now, song's now, about. Now okay. I'm kind of putting my own pieces together, whether it's it's correct or not. But now, that's that's you kinda... know, now that you know what the song's about, do you still like it? 
Yeah, I re- I really like it. I, <laughs> I just I, didn't I probably, know like if you had a different perspective on it. Man. No, I pro I probably like it more because of again the honesty. You know, you you can't fake that. Your fans know when you're BSing them. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone makes mistakes. You let me down for the last time. Truth prevails and there's nothing you can hide. And I wash my hands of you getting on with my life. And we don't get an everyone makes mistakes again. It just repeats uh, with you let me down for the last time repeats all the way to getting on with my life. Harmonies again on everything. They line up uh, very similar to chorus one. That noodly guitar from verse two carries over here into chorus two for the first two bars before morphing into that three note guitar riff from chorus one it kind of morphs back into that part uh same basic instrumentation here in chorus two as chorus one but it's a double chorus with a slight fake out i'm calling it because before the second half we don't get the lyric everyone makes mistakes otherwise uh same lyrics on the getting on with my life the second time the drums do not go halftime there before we get in to the post-chorus number two, and this couldn't be any more different than post-chorus number one. Completely, no, completely di- different. <laughs> completely different part. Again, yeah. I know Brian McTurnan wasn't really giving producer uh, yeah. you know, tips at this point. Hey, we, why is that part that way? Why isn't it this way? Was there ever any thought of, hey, we should repeat that first post-chorus or we want to do something different here? I think for a lot of, you know, like generally I do, you know, I'd say 90% of the writing. Um, I usually write a song, have the most of the lyrics, but there's a lot of hot rod songs where it was just like, I just had a riff and Mm -hmm. we just start playing. And then Jay starts on the bass, like all of a sudden, boom, going off here, you know, and then we follow him and then Casey goes over here. We, we had this weird way of like, kind of just, Oh shit, what are you doing? Okay. Let me try that out. There was no like rhyme or reason. We didn't say, hey, this is this or this is this. It was just about what felt good. I think that was always the biggest thing about Hot Rod. We just kind of, you know, Casey's a very noisy guitar player that noodles the whole time. You know, it's like, and some people don't understand that, but the bands that we loved, and you know, my favorite band is the Archers of Loaf, and so is oh, Casey's. Yeah. Like, we, that's why we became a band. We wanted to be the Archers of Loaf, you know, as far as. Which is kind of funny now, like looking back on it, because it's like, not to say that, uh, you know, when people are like, why was your band much bigger? And it was just like, well, we were trying to be the Archers of Love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, we weren't trying to be Guns N' Roses. Yeah, we were, we were trying to be Super Chunk. Who? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that's funny when you think of it that way. And it's always, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I'm careful when I use those terms. Like, I think your band should have been bigger. You don't, you don't know if that's going to trigger someone and make them feel yeah, like crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I wish my band was bigger too. But yeah, know, I like, mean, we, that wasn't really our, that wasn't really our goal. I don't think, you know, I don't think even as where we were as musicians, I don't think in my mind I ever thought we'd ever even, like make money doing this and have fans i'm like still blown away by this you know every day so you've you found yourself in an arena with us at some point yeah. like how'd that happen you know like i exactly i pinch, 
I pinch myself all the time. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, post-chorus too. You just get one I'm getting on with my life. The lead vocal goes up an octave here. You can yep. really, it's super powerful. You can really feel this part. The drums are halftime here. Lots of tension. like 10 bars this section so it's uh, like the bridge starts on bar 10 it's 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 really weird like when you're listening to it you almost feel like it's gonna start earlier and like i yeah, said it just it is a weird feel it is it has it, it it provides this tension yeah it does it does it's a weird setup i don't know how that happened or it's just like some of the things that happened were just like accidents well, yeah. like I said, couldn't be uh, any more different than post-chorus one. An octave guitar joins the party. Uh, the first four bars, the band is rocking a halftime groove on bars five and six. Uh, the drums pick back up on bars seven and eight. A tom shuffle beat happens, and on bar nine, the drums pick back up, and the bridge starts on bar ten. I got to ask you here, you know, these bridge lyrics are really poignant and kind of to the point. Yeah. You repeat you repeat them twice. And I I think that you they meant so much that you wanted to repeat them twice. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to drive it in. That's what I take from it. We get harmonies uh, on everything here in the bridge. It repeats twice. The harmony on the word difference both times. It's killer. That high harmony on that word. That's Jay Russell, man. It's (laughs) it's awesome. There's some, it sounds like you're in unison and there's a couple harmony outshoots in here. Like not everything's perfectly harmonized. And I love that too. That makes it to me sound real. Sometimes when everything is perfectly harmonized, you know, especially when you're tuning it. Now it sounds like a a children's nursery rhyme. It it just sounds like a keyboard and not vocals anymore. Yeah. yeah, but this this is breathing here. Uh, the lyric, it, it repeats twice. I'm going to read it once. And the shit remains the same. And there is no difference in this stupid world we know. And you say that again. It's a 16-bar bridge. The band is rocking away. Another octave guitar joins in here on bar 7 and 8. The drums go to that tom shuffle again before picking up for the back half. Uh, on the second half of the bridge, that octave guitar kind of morphs back into that three-noter, uh, reminiscent of the chorus. On the last two bars, the drums go back to the tom shuffle to launch chorus three and again these lyrics that got to talk to you about this last line in this stupid world we know is that you saying that is that you saying that for him that's an interesting lyric now that i read it i think it's more me saying it to him it's just like how how stuff like that can just be so stupid and shitty and it's just like man you could just life could be so much different you know if you just made some different choices and it's like you know i'm all for like you know, doing whatever recreational, but like when it starts, you know, taking away from your life and people other ways around you, you know, it's obviously there's something wrong. I'm not a big like drinker or anything. Uh, I drink occasionally 
and smoke, but it's I'm not uh, against people doing things. It's just I think it's the excess is where we get lose people. Well, that and when you're letting your friends down from the standpoint of, of leaving a trusted family's house, they, they yeah. trusted you in their home and you're and you're you're stealing their medication. I mean, yeah. that's there's a line we don't cross as humans. I mean, exactly. And as, I mean, shit, those are like. It's also like the, you know, like the laws of the road, man. You respect, you know, if somebody's inviting you to their home, you, you're going to respect their home and and make sure they leave. Everything's there when you leave, you know, like there's just certain things. You, you're, you're building a brand and you're trying to build a name for yourself, not like go around stealing from fucking people. So, yeah. And, it, you know, out of all the years I've been doing this, uh, I'd like to say most most of the people have been been genuine and caring and and you know yeah. like I I didn't run with many guys if I did run with the guys that were stealing it was in the very early days and we broke ties with them you didn't want to hang yeah, out with exactly. people like that exactly. just a bummer well uh, right off of the bridge Andy we get into a double chorus and again I'm going to bring it up we don't get everyone makes mistakes here no you know it's almost like you threw your hands up and said I'm not going to say that again that that's your out yeah. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm drawing the line. You let me down for the last time. Truth prevails. There's nothing you can hide. And I wash my hands of you getting on with my life. And you repeat that lyric again. Harmony is on everything. You let me down for the last time. Truth prevails. And there's nothing you can hide. And I wash my hands of you getting on with my life. You let me down. You know, people talk about boundaries. We have to have healthy boundaries in our life. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that is really difficult to do. You know, I have children now. I can't imagine my kids being addicted to something or in trouble. You, you're oh, you're yeah. gonna want you're gonna want to be there for them. But at some point, <laughs> here you said it. I have to wash my hands with you because you otherwise, I can't get on with my life. Yeah, you can't, and you can't do things. You can't, you can't do things for people. I mean, you can do things out of kindness, but you can't enable people either. Or, you know, it's like if you're always constantly doing things for them and, you know, they're never going to learn anything. So, I mean, especially having kids, <laughs> you got to let them yeah. make mistakes. <laughs> well, very, very rarely do I have to go back and I don't know if it's correct my notes or, or say that this part is invalid anymore, but I wrote, uh, it's interesting. There's no everyone makes mistakes lyric uh, here again. Odd and interesting, I wrote. And, and now it's not odd and interesting. It's not, because I know what the song's about. It fits the story now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Prior to talking to you about it, I wouldn't have put that together. Uh, again, double chorus here. On the back half, we get a high-pitched lead guitar. Uh, kind of comes in uh, center, uh, adds another layer to that three-noter part, this real high guitar. Do you remember that, like how that came about? I don't remember. I, I think that was more of a Casey thing. I think I really do. I think that was more just like a aftermath kind of thing. That came in. I, I'm going to give that one to Casey. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. On the very last line of the song, getting on with my life. On my, the band stops briefly. You get a couple hi-hat uh, counts before a cool little drum fill. And the whole band ends simultaneously. And the guitar is kind of, kind of fades That's out. It. You know, going back now, geez, 22 years almost, 
what do you think of the track now? I mean, I know you talked about it a little bit, you know, at the top, you said, hey, this isn't one of my favorite hot rod circuit tracks, but we can't, we can never guess what the fans are going to like. I've never been able to predict it. Right, dude, it, it blows my mind. It, I mean, things that I thought people would like, they hated. You know, it's kind of weird. Or now they like it 20 years later. Now they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, as I have, we have one record, the um, uh, reality's coming through. It just never really did anything. And like, people come up to me all the time now and are like, dude, that record's amazing. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, you didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's happened with my band. You, you're probably going to be able to relate to this. Yeah. You know, when, when we started, we were five, six, seven years older than our fans. Our fans were fourteen, fifteen years old, right? Yeah. And we kept going. And when we were getting into our first divorces and people dying in our lives, and you know, marriages and things that happened, parents dying, these kids hadn't experienced yet. We started writing about this stuff, and it wasn't until five, ten years later they they're they're holding these records now that they right. no one liked, or it seems like no one liked. Now they're saying this is your best stuff because they it finally caught up with them, and, and they uh, understand it now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny it's, how that happens. It is weird, and I, I and I was the oldest guy, in, like in our band too. Um, you know, so I. I don't know. I'm 49 now. I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm, I'm 50. Okay. So we're right there. I can definitely relate <laughs> to all of that. One thing I did want to say before we go, cause you brought up super chunk and it, it correlates to about what you were saying about how you don't know what lyrics are sometimes. Right. It's just a funny little side story. We did a tour with them and the get up kids. Oh, wow. Um, Mac, the singer lost his voice. He, um, and they called me and we're like, Hey, we still want to play the show tomorrow night would you sing for super chunk? Um, I was like, yes, I'll do it. And I was like thinking in my mind, I know every fucking word or whatever. Uh, we went out for sound check. I started singing there. Like, what are you singing? And I had them write the lyrics out on poster boards for me. Oh, I didn't my. know. I didn't know 90% of the lyrics <laughs> like that. Everything I was written, it was hard. Cause I was reading stuff. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, yeah. And then, you know, when I went back and listened, I'm like, dude, I've literally been listening to this record for 20 years. And I thought I knew all the lyrics and I did not. So, so there's another side of that too, where it's just like, you kind of just hear what you want to sometimes. Did you pull it off? Did you get through the show? I pulled it off. I did. Um, I did about half the set. Jay did a couple of songs and Matt Pryor from the get up Tids did a couple of songs. It turned out to be great. It was awesome. That's cute. And I'm sure the fans loved it. I always, uh, you know, they did. we, We've had to do that before. I've lost my voice, and the opening bands will come up and sing. We just tell the crowd, hey, it's either we packed up and left, and you guys are angry, or yeah. we stand up here like idiots and sound like crap, and yeah. maybe you'll have fun. Come up and jam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, you guys have released a couple more records. You just mentioned in 2004, Reality's Coming Through, and in the spring of 2007, you released The Underground is a Dying Breed, and that was the last record you uh, full-length you released. Uh, you got that tour coming up in about a week uh, with Punchline. And That's it. Uh, that, that, that looks like it's going to be killer. Super excited. I can't wait. Before we break, any, anything else you'd like to leave the fans with? Any new music coming up from Hot Rod Circuit? Um, So we did uh, the re-release of If It's Cool on vinyl. We did it with our own imprint. We started a Versatility Records, um, which is a title of a Hot Rod song. So we wanted, now that we have that access to kind of do things more in-house, we are planning, we've been working, I've got tons of songs. I mean, like catalog after catalog of songs. I've been writing a lot lately. Um, the plan is for us to get together a few days before this tour. We're going to try to rehearse and track a few things. And over the next six, eight months, some people will be, I live pretty close to Nashville and our mics in Nashville now. 
So we'll be doing some back and forth stuff. So we're, we're planning on things. We're just trying to do it on our own. So it's a little slower without, you know, having label money. It's all out of our pocket and things like that. So awesome, man. Well, Hey, best of luck. Always loved you guys and love, love to do some shows and hope to see you down the road. Likewise, let's do some shows. Let's write some songs together, man. Let's do it. Hey everybody, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Andy Jackson. And if you're listening to this episode the week it comes out in January of 2024 and you're in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York City, or Philly, come on out to the show. Hot Rod Circuit is playing their album, If It's Cool With You, It's Cool With Me. And my band, Punchline, is playing our action album. These shows are going to be insanely good, so come on out. I know there are ticket links to all the shows on punchlion.com. And don't go anywhere. We got lots more Chris to Makes a Podcast coming right up after a few words from our sponsors. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. As we near the end of the show... Here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's band you might not know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Chris to Makes a Podcast, email your best song and a short bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Who Am I, a self-described two-piece power duo from Greenville, South Carolina, featuring Andrew Hoory on guitar and vocals and Dr. Love Beats on the drums. You can find their music on all the streaming platforms. Here's a snippet of their song. Things we would do. You can expect me around 5 or 5.30 And I don't care if you're still dirty For work Oh, the things we would do Oh, the things we would do The things we would do Oh, the things we would do Rap with Chris and Chris. Chris, this was a really exciting one for me. My friends and I hold Hot Rod Circuit in very high regard, much the way that we hold Less Than Jake in high regard. Two of, you know, the people I roll with's favorite bands. And I was very excited to have Andy on this episode. And I cannot believe that The Pharmacist is not a breakup love song. That blew my mind. All these years, 20 years of loving this song, I can't believe that that's not what it is. And me too. And it, you know, if you look though at verse two, took the drugs from my friends. I mean, there's there's stuff in here that just didn't jump out of the paper at me until Andy started describing it, you know? Well, that line in particular, I thought that meant I'm so upset that I'm taking the drugs from my friends <laughs> yeah. to deal with it. That's what I always thought that meant. Not this 
person who's on tour with us took the drugs from our friends that we're staying with out of their medicine cabinet. I would have never thought in a million years that's what that meant. No, and you know, and he, he shows this gracious humility at the end too by saying, Well, do you still like the song? Now you know what it's about. It's like I, I think I like it even better. I like it even better now. Yeah. I would argue that most of us can relate to that subject matter just as much as we can relate to it. If it was a breakup song, right? We've all been through these situations at this point. We have. And, and, you know, um, maybe not to the degree of this fellow, but I've let people down. I've had people let me down. People I never thought would, you know, and family members, you know, sometimes close family members. And, you know, you, you, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all err. But at, at some point, like Andy referenced, uh, in the chorus, it's like, you know, I wash my hands of you, getting on with my life. I have to. That lyric still is is so interesting to me now, how he left out everyone makes mistakes uh, in the back half of the choruses. He just didn't repeat that again because it's like, no, I, I've given you enough chances. You don't get any more rope. Right. I'm really surprised that he said this isn't one of his favorites, but I mean, Hot Rod Circuit has a ton of awesome songs. Like I told him, their song, The Power of the Vitamins, is probably like a top 20 or 30 song. If I ranked every song ever in my life, it's up there. So so I get that. I was surprised to hear that this wasn't one of his personal favorites, but I know people absolutely love this song. I thought it was pretty wild that Andy tracked his own vocals while working with Brian McTernan. He's like, oh, I'll handle this. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I, I I think that, you know, some people take it a case-by-case situation. Here, Brian, uh, yeah, said whatever works. If you have to go smoke to do your vocals, go do it. Hey, right. if you want me to go you know, leave and go to the movies and have you do your own vocals, I'll do that if that's what it takes. You know, if I was working on a project cutting vocals with somebody, I probably wouldn't do that. That's just me. But hey, whatever gets the job done, and it seems to me like uh, the, the job was perfectly executed here with the, with the vocals. I never heard any of that stuff, just like you didn't, about Brian McTernan. I didn't know that he was like, don't smoke, don't don't drink milk, <laughs> don't drink milk. I was like, I didn't know if he meant because he was like a vegan or something, well, or if he, that he, meant, he, or because it makes your voice all... You know, you're not supposed to do dairy when you're singing or something. I didn't know what that was all about. I don't know if it's if it's for that reason or if it's because of his convictions. I do know that he used to sing for hardcore bands. So, you know, the hardcore right. scene was a lot of straight edge vegan and whatnot. So maybe it maybe it stems from that. Of course, he, you know, uh, uh, recorded Snapcase and and a lot of uh, different hardcore hardcore bands as well. But yeah, that was that was really interesting. But again, his 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 vocal sounds great here, and uh, I, I guess that was a good move. Yeah, there's a lot of charm in the. Rec- recordings of Hot Rod Circuit too. Andy's voice is awesome. Casey's guitar playing is so recognizable and unique. That's something about Hot Rod Circuit that always stood out to me. And more than anything, their songwriting. You know, they're right up my alley of like this mix of like indie rock, but with such pop sensibility. They're easily one of my favorite bands from from our world of music, which is why, Chris, I'm so excited that next week we're going out and playing some shows with them. I'm, I've been so psyched about this. I love, you know, a lot of times we tour with great bands and sometimes if I'm not that familiar with the band, 
I become a bigger fan, but this is in a, a situation where I'm going into it like as a huge fan of the band. So I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, and it was great to, to see him today and, and and catch up. I hadn't seen him. Gosh, we we think it's been about 20 years, but we had a, an absolute blast. Less than Jake did uh, touring with the uh, Hot Rod Circuit back in the day. So awesome. And and uh, where, where's the first show? Do you do you know where the first one is? You guys playing? I do. So on January 25th. If you're listening to this the week it comes out and these shows haven't happened yet, January 25th is at the Space Ballroom in Hamden, Connecticut. January 26th is at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts. January 27th is at LPR in New York City. And January 28th is at the Foundry at the Fillmore in Philly. You know, I know tickets, we're recording this a few weeks before tickets were going pretty fast, but there might be still some tickets available. So uh, check that out. Punchlion.com, I know is our site where you could find ticket links or you can just Google it. Most people know how to find, <laughs> know how to find tickets online these days. Love it. And hey, do us a favor and go head over to Christamakes.com and you can sign up for our supporting cast where you get bonus episodes from Chris and I. Yes, we'll talk at you more. We'll entertain you even more. Christamakes.com. Go over there and sign up and help support this podcast that uh, we hope you know and love. We think you know and love, right, Chris? I would assume that if you made it to this point of yeah. the podcast where Chris and I are plugging our shows and our, our supporting cast, that you like our show. And for that, I say thank you very much. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And to each and every one of you listening each week, thank you to each and every one of you too, because uh, without you, we wouldn't be doing this. And uh, we really mean that. Uh, what else? Oh, give Chris Fafalius a follow on Instagram and give me a follow on Instagram as well. I'm at less than Chris D. We also have a Chris makes a podcast Instagram page. Now Chris is putting up a ton of great content over there. Go check it out. Uh, I'm still doing uh, custom songs, Chris. Are I just you? started uh, the machine back up again for 2024. If you want a custom song, jingle for your business, something for that special someone or someone you don't like, maybe your boss, I'll write a song for you. Hit me up, Chris Demakes at gmail.com for info. And I want to thank this week's guest, Andy Jackson from Hot Rod Circuit, for sitting in the hot seat. And we'll see you next week. Hey everybody, Satan here. I know what you're thinking. Jesus Christ, Satan has a podcast now too? No, no, that's not it. But I am here to tell you about a podcast, and it's one that's all about my favorite band, Punchline. Not the band you expected me to say, right? You probably figured I'd like Slayer, or maybe some backwards Beatles records or something. Those are okay. But you usually find me rocking out to fan-favorite punchline albums like Action or Lion while I'm torturing dead people for all of eternity. Punchline's podcast is called A Band Called Punchline, and it's super entertaining to listen to this documentary-style look back at the 25 years of my favorite band. Honestly, I'm really feeling like I'm getting to know these guys, and their story is amazing! I'm so ready for them to get down here. I have so many questions. I gotta give them credit for catching on to my whole 37 thing, too. There's a reason why they're my favorite band, and if you listen to their podcast, they might become yours, too. A band called Punchline is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Check it out, and I'll see you all in hell.
Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.